Amen, amen. You may all be seated. Of course, today originally was going to be iSurf Weekend. And in iSurf Weekend, we have this, all these presentations and things to go on. But of course, it was not appropriate for us to do that this weekend. Instead, we are still following the theme, I See, I Serve. And today in our study of the Word of God, we're going to be looking at the idea of what it is we see, what we're supposed to be seeing, and how we can have 2020 spiritual vision in our lives. So we're going to start off reading from John chapter 5, starting in verse 19. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. We're going to marvel today at the love of God, that everything the Lord shows us, it's motivated by his love for us. Everything we get to see and we get to do, it's motivated by the love that the Father has for us. So we're going to be looking at what we should be looking, what we should see with our eyes and what we should therefore get involved in get active in, and we're going to look at how to have this 2020 vision. In, Psalm, in Proverbs 20, verse 12, it says, ears to hear and eyes to see, both are gifts from the Lord. So the first thing we're going to do this morning is have an eye test. How many of you have ever had an eye test? Okay. If you have an eye test, what does the doctor tell you to do? Usually, like, cover one eye, cover the other eye. So if you were having an eye test here today, this morning, let's see. Well, first of all, we see the cutest little kid right there helping us with our eye test. What is the first letter that you see? E. And then... F and then, oh, who can read the letters on the very bottom with the green line? E. Oh, <laughs> some of you are doing really good. That's what happens when you have an eye test. You're asked, what do you see? And you have to reply, this is what I see. That's an eye test. Today, we're going to look at what do you see? What does God see? And therefore, what should we also be seeing? It's our eye test. And clearly, we don't want to just jump into action with every little thing we see. Oh, I see an opportunity, so I'm going to jump in there. For example, if there's a teenage boy who says to his dad, Dad, I really, really want to join a ministry. Great, dad, I really wanna join CAM. 
communication and media ministry. Really, son? I've never heard you express interest in that before. Why do you want to join CAM? Dad, the cutest girl in the entire world is in that ministry. Okay, that's following your eyes, but that might not be the best reason to join a ministry. And all the parents said, <laughs> amen. Of course, once you're in a ministry, if you happen to meet the love of your life, that's perfectly fine. But not a good reason to, fall, to just join a ministry because you're just following your eyes. In the Bible, we of course have examples of people who just followed their eyes, what they see. And they got into a lot of trouble because of it. For example, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, when the woman, that was Eve, when she saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate and so all the trouble began because somebody saw something, desired it and followed after that thing. Lot was another example in Genesis 13. Verse 10, and Lot lifted his eyes up and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord. So verse 11, so he chose for himself the Jordan Valley and he journeyed east. And thus they separated from each other, him and his uncle Abraham. And so on. There are examples in the Bible of people who followed their eyes and got into so much trouble because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Jesus said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light was within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So COP, what is the defining point? What is the thing with John chapter 5 that Jesus saw that made it okay for him to then take action and do? What did Jesus see in John chapter 5? He saw what the Father is doing. And then he did likewise. He saw what the Father, Father, what do you see? Lord, when you see my connect group, what do you see? What's in your eyes, Lord? Lord, when you're looking at our land right now, what do you look at? What do you see? So what if we gave, figuratively speaking, God an eye test? What if we gave the eye test to the Lord? Lord, what do you see? So same adorable little girl. Oh God, what do you see? I see people, and people need the Lord. Okay, God, what about the other one? God, what do you see? I see people, and I love people. Okay, God, what about the other one? Oh, I see people, and I love people. People need me. Well, God, what about the other one? God says, I see people. How many of you here this morning, you're a people? You're a person. God sees you. When God sees 
God sees people and he loves people and he wants to act on behalf of people. He's very motivated by his love for us. Amen. So we want to do as the Father does and love people as well. What does God see? I'll give you three little examples of what God sees and then we're going to look at what we need to have in order to have 2020 vision. First of all, what God sees, he sees people's circumstances. What you're going through right now, God sees you. God sees the hardships, God sees the trepidation, the frustration, all that you're feeling, God sees it. God sees what you're going for through. You know that there was a couple and I think there are actually several couples in COP in this situation. But I'm thinking of one couple who planned their wedding for January in Tagaytay. Oh no, what happened in January in Tagaytay? Ta'al. So they rearranged everything, rebooked. Do you know what it takes to plan a wedding? all the booking and the uh, contracts and the, the licenses and everything. So they rebooked it instead of January in Tagaytay, they moved it to March in Manila. Oh, yeah. God sees that. God sees what we're going through. God sees our frustrations, our irritations, our troubles, because God sees people, and he loves people. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 24, this is talking about the Israelites, and God heard their groaning. God what? He heard. And God remembered. What's the second word? God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 25, God saw the people. God what? Saw the people of Israel. I tell you, God sees people. And the fourth one, and God knew. What are those four words again? Number one, God heard. Number two, God remembered. What did he remember? His covenant, his word. Number three, God saw, and number four, God knew. And those four words, this verse right here in itself would just make such a lovely sermon. It, it has everything that we would want to look at in a beautiful sermon, but we'll just look at it for one minute here today because we need to think, is there something we are worried about? Of course, the thing that is really on most of our minds is obvious. But some of you have other things on your mind because some of you have individual situations that you're thinking about and that you're concerned about. It worries you. You have a relative in trouble. You have some financial problem. You have something. You know the first thing is, what's that first word here? God heard. When something happens in our life, we don't need to just sit back and think it's our fate. That, oh yeah, this has happened to me. Because I'm just so, I'm just me. So it's, it just happened to me. And that's it. That's my life. No, God needs to hear from you about your situation. He wants to hear your words. He wants to hear you praying to him about 
whatever it is that you are going through. Secondly, what was the second word? God remembered. He remembered his word. When you pray about your situation, when you're, how many of you have been praying against this virus? Are you praying for our nation and for the world? Because God is good at stopping plagues. Amen. When you pray, pray the word. Look up scriptures about what you are concerned about and pray the word. And number three was God saw. God sees you. You have to rest assured that God not only sees you and your situation, he also sees your fears about that situation. He sees what you're thinking. And the fourth one is God knew. God knows. It means he gets it. He gets what you're going through. He gets your situation. He gets it. He understands. And he's full of compassion about it. And he knows exactly what to do about it. So we need to remember those four words. God heard, God remembered, God saw, and God knew. We need to practice those in our prayer life. Secondly, so God sees people's circumstances. Secondly, what does God see? He sees people whose hearts are fully devoted to the Lord. Is that you? How many of you would say, that's me? How many of you would say, my heart is fully devoted to the Lord? Is that you? Yes? If that is you, then this verse is for you because God sees you. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. In the ESV, where it says in NIV to strengthen those, in ESV it says, it says to give strong support to those whose hearts are committed to him. Now, in these days that we're living in, some of us will have opportunity, let's put it that way, to spend some time alone. We'll be in our homes. We're not going to be with our usual social network of people. We'll be in our homes a lot more than usual. And the thing about that is you're going to start to feel a bit isolated. You're going to start to feel like, um, I'm just here. Nobody sees me. I'm not with my friends. Uh, my friend is not even online. <laughs> You're going to start to feel a bit of isolation. But the one thing that I want you to remember in this time more than anything else is that you are never alone. God is always with you. His eyes are always upon those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Why? To strongly support them, to give them strong support. God is with you. And you know, like Pastor mentioned earlier, he's been getting phone calls from people. Pastor, would you talk to my kids? They don't want me to go out. Good kids. <laughs> Good kids taking care of their elderly parents. But pastor, I usually do this and I do that. You'll do them again. You will. 
Don't worry about it. And right now in this time, realize that God is with you and his eyes are upon you and he's there to strongly support you. Underneath are the everlasting arms and he loves you and supports you and is with you. The third thing that God sees, he sees a harvest. He sees a harvest of souls. He sees a harvest that is so much bigger, so much greater than any harvest we have ever thought about. In John chapter 4, this is the story of the Samaritan woman. John chapter 4, verse 35, he said, Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see, excuse me, see that the fields are white for harvest. In this story, Jesus is telling them, look, lift up your eyes and see. The harvest is bigger. The harvest is greater. It says, do you not say, in other words, they've been talking about this thing. They've been having discussions about the harvest and they've made up their minds about something. In other words, they had a meeting. Oh, a meeting. Wow. <laughs> they had a meeting and they, somebody took notes and minutes and they came up with a decision. Yes, there's a timetable for this harvest. Maybe in your ministries, you're thinking, well, we had a meeting and we discussed it. And this is what we, we think about the harvest. Jesus said, don't just say that it's not about the things you've been talking about. It's not about your meeting. Lift up your eyes and look and see. The harvest is so much bigger. It's so much bigger than our timetables and our meetings and our discussions and our words and our thoughts and our conversations. The harvest is so much bigger. And you know what? Not only that, the harvest is greater than our prejudices and our fears. People need the Lord. When God looks, what does he see? He sees people, and people need the Lord. And nowadays, there is so much prejudice even around us because certain people will say, I don't like black people, I don't like white people, I don't like Chinese people, I don't like Korean people, I don't like Japanese people, I don't like Norwegian people, I don't like black, uh, green people, I don't like purple people. I don't like, I don't like red polka dots. Whatever. People have a lot of prejudices, but Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look and see. The harvest is there and it's bigger. And you know, God can use us even in this time. Amen? Amen. Because that's what God sees. So, We've looked a little bit at some things that God sees. What about us? If we're going to have 2020 spiritual vision, I'm going to give you six if statements. You will have 2020 vision if these things will be true. And remember, it's all in response to the love that God has for us. How many of you have small children? Who has small kids? 
Who has small kids? Maybe those kids are at home right now. Maybe they're in children's church. If you have, for example, a three-year-old, and let's say that three-year-old is playing and you want to see what the three-year-old is doing, because remember the prayer or the, the verse that said about Jesus, Jesus did what he saw his father doing, right? If you have this three-year-old and the three-year-old is playing and you want to see what the three-year-old is doing, what must you see first? What does that necessitate? You must first see the three-year-old, right? You have to have your eyes on the three-year-old in order to see what the three-year-old is doing. And so you make sure you're in the same room with your three-year-old. You're not off in some other part of the house while your three-year-old does whatever they want because when you came back, you don't know what you're going to see after that. If Jesus saw what the Father was doing, it means he always had his eyes on the Father. If we are going to see what the Father is doing, it necessarily means that we keep our eyes on the Lord. We keep our eyes where? On the Lord. We keep our eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. We keep our eyes on him in order to see what he is doing. Now, six if statements. How can we have this 2020 vision spiritually? Number one, if you look. In John chapter four, Jesus already said that to his disciples. Lift up your eyes and look and see. In the Old Testament, there are two prophets in particular that the Lord would say this to a lot. The first one is Ezekiel. He had a nickname for Ezekiel. He used to call him son of man. And he would say, son of man, have you seen? And most often, the very next verse you will see in the book of Ezekiel is Ezekiel saying, so I looked and I saw. Amazing. If you look, you see. And the second prophet in the Old Testament that we see this a lot, is Jeremiah. We have so many verses in Jeremiah, like already in chapter 1, verse 11. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see, Jeremiah? See, God wants you to tell him your perspective. God is interested in our perspective. <laughs> and you know what? Most of the time, when we tell God our perspective... And then he tells us his perspective, we're going to feel like, oh, my perspective was underrated. It was undersized. It was too small. Because God's perspective is so inclusive. It's so enormous. It's so loving of a much greater, a bigger picture than we had happened to be looking at. So we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and what he is doing because if we keep our eyes, you cannot look in two places at once. Have you ever noticed that? I notice that sometimes when we're singing. If we have our music here and Pastor Manalo is standing there to conduct, we can't divide our eyes. <laughs> We can't watch the music and watch the conductor. A very good reason to memorize your music. 
You can't divide your eyes. You cannot look at two things at once. If your eyes are so much on the cares of this world, you're not going to keep your eyes on Jesus. Right? You get that? So if every 10 minutes you're checking for COVID-19 updates, that's not keeping your eyes on Jesus. Yes, stay informed and then live your life. Then live your life keeping your eyes on Jesus. So the first if is if you look. The second if, if you are structurally focusing your life on him. Our story for this is the story in the Old Testament of the tabernacle, which they placed at Shiloh. Shiloh. What do you say? Shiloh or Shiloh? What do you say? Shiloh, Shiloh, I hear. If you go to Israel and you happen to be able to go there, the Jews call it Shiloh. It's the Hebrew pronunciation. But some of us call it Shiloh. It doesn't matter. The fact is, there's a story in Numbers chapter 2 of God giving instructions to Moses and Aaron about the placement of the tabernacle. And it happened to be placed in an in a area where there is mountains all around. And then this tabernacle was placed in the center. And the tribes were instructed to camp all the way around this tabernacle. Three tribes on one side, three tribes on another, three tribes on each side to make up the 12 tribes. And what God was doing was he was structurally focusing their lives to see God no matter what happened in their life. Because inside the tabernacle, what was there? What was in the tabernacle? There was the manifest presence of God. You know, the cloud by day, the fire by night. It's there. God is there. The reminder of everything God has taught us, it's right there. So when they woke up in the morning, whether they were parked on this side, or this side, or this side, or this side, when they first woke up in the morning and opened their eyes, they saw the Lord right there in front of them. When they're cooking their eggs for breakfast, they see the Lord right there. When they're cooking their chicken or whatever they're cooking for supper, they see the Lord. When they're putting their kids to bed at night, they see the Lord. Structurally, they focus their lives to see God. And God made sure of that. So let's take, let's have a little quiz, okay? In our lives, here's quiz question number one. Normally, how often are you in God's house? So if you answer, um, in a month, maybe once or twice, uh-oh, you are not structurally focusing your life to see the Lord because you're going to see everything else that you're seeing on all those other days. Okay, question number two on our quiz. How many days a week would you say that you have your devotions? Oh, you say, seven out of seven days I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying. Yay, that's awesome. 
you are structurally focusing your life so that no matter what happens, you're going to see Jesus. You're going to see the Lord. You're going to think of his word. It's going to be first and foremost. How about your kids? Are your kids, this is question number three, are your kids involved in children's church? Are they in the kids' musicals or the kids' ushers or the kids' outreaches or kids' something? Are they involved? Are they attending faithfully in children's church? Yes? Good. Then you are structurally focusing your children also to be focused to see the Lord. So our first if, how do you have 2020 vision? Our first if, if you, if you look. What's our second one? If you structurally focus your life to see the Lord. Okay, the third if. If you do not have any log blocking your eye. Because Jesus said to his disciples, right, in Matthew chapter 7, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye. There's something huge in your own eye, and yet you're trying to deal with someone else's problems in life. Do you know, how many of you have ever been to South Campus? Have you ever been in a service? Oh, quite a few. South Campus, how many of you have ever been to South Campus? Ah, of course, everybody. The other campuses, East, North, the others. How many of you have ever been to South Campus for a service? Okay, quite a few people have been to South Campus. Have you noticed that the screen in South Campus is so big? So sometimes I tell our singers here in the main campus, when you're singing, Really be careful to smile a lot <laughs> because when you're in South Campus and you're watching those big TVs, did you know that your eyeshadow alone can take up half of a TV? <laughs> it's huge! That's kind of like us sometimes when we're looking around, we're looking at other people and we're looking at them, say, so, you know, you have this little problem in your life, and we don't even realize that the problem in our own wor world, our own life, is so huge and so obvious. So what I'm going to say is, if you have the chance, that's one way to put quarantine, if you have the chance to stay at home over the next few weeks, why not take half a day, some day, and just spend it with the Lord. And just say, Lord, can you just examine me and show me? Is there a log in my eye, God? <laughs> and if so, can you just help me remove it? Can you remove anything from my life that shouldn't be there? Then you will see clearly to help someone else with their problems in life. We get it? Okay. The fourth one, the fourth if, if you have set the Lord ever before you. Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I've set the Lord always. So if I'm here, God is right here. If I'm here, 
God is right here. Here's an application of that. Let's say you are sitting down tomorrow to watch a Netflix. You're watching Netflix sometimes, right? So if your Netflix is right here and you are right here, what's right here? What's right here between you and your Netflix? God, because you have set the Lord always before you. So now, here's me, here's the Lord, here's my Netflix show. You better be careful that that Netflix show is Jesus-friendly, Jesus-approved, amen? That it has evidence of the grace of God and the holiness of God that God would approve this Netflix I'm about to watch. Otherwise, you better not watch it. And that's what it means to set the Lord ever before you. So tell me our first four if. Number one, if you look, you'll see. Number two, if you structurally focus your life to see God. Number three, there's nothing blocking your eye. And number four, if you have set the Lord always before you. Number five, if the veil is removed from your eyes. You see, there are some people today who are never going to see properly because there's this veil in front of their eyes. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 says, Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. Verse 16, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. When we see the Lord, when we turn to God, our lives are turned upside right. Remember, upside right, right side up, upside right, right, right side, it's good, it's good when we, when we see the Lord, it's like when they had gone fishing and John said to Peter, Peter, it is the Lord, and Peter said, it's the Lord, and he, he threw off his, or he put back on his robe because he had thrown it off to, to do the fishing work, he put back on his robe, and he jumped into the sea, and he went, made a beeline for Jesus. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. You see, when you're in a situation, when things are going on in your life, and suddenly you realize, it's the Lord. The veil is gone. I can see. It's the Lord. It's God who is with me. It's God who is walking with me side by side in my life. It's God who will never leave me and never forsake me. It is the Lord who will fulfill his promises in my life. It's the Lord who is my way maker. Your life will turn upside right. It's a good thing when you, the veil is gone and you realize it's the Lord. I can see that God is with me, that I'm not alone. Amen. And number six, if the Lord opens your eyes. And I'm going to give you three little illustrations 
of times in the Bible when the Lord opened someone's eyes. And the first illustration, you might not think this is what I'm going to say. It's in a time of stubbornness. Stubbornness? I thought you were going to say, God will open your eyes in a time of prayer and fasting. No, this is a story that involves a talking donkey. You know the story about the talking donkey? In this story about Balaam and the donkey, in Numbers 22, verse 30, and the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand and he bowed down and fell on his face. If you're the stubborn type, don't wait for a donkey to talk to you before you hear from the Lord. <laughs> before you see that the Lord is with you, don't walk around in your neighborhood and as you're walking by, feeling all alone, suddenly the neighbor's dog says to you, dude, you're not alone. You might think, is, is this a symptom? <laughs> is this, this is terrible. The dog is talking to me. Don't be stubborn. Let the Lord open your eyes and understand that God is with you that he sees your situation and he knows, he understands, he gets it. The second illustration where God opens someone's eyes has to do with chariots of fire. So of course we're talking about the prophet Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See the servant was so afraid. All he could see was what, he, what was right around him. He could see those chariots. Those were like real chariots and horses, flesh and blood horses and soldiers and that's what he could, those were real. It was a real threat to their health and to their safety. And it was all around them. And that's all the servant could see. But Elisha was just not afraid. Because Elisha could see something more. See something beyond what the servant could see. So Elisha said, Lord, he's driving me crazy would you just please open his eyes so he can see too? And suddenly the servant could see. Could he still see the horses and chariots? Yes, they were still there. But he could see something so much bigger. He could see the horses and chariots of fire all around them, all around, surrounding the place. Do you think he was still afraid? He saw something so much bigger, so much greater, and knew God's got this. God is in control. 
if only we had eyes to see. And the last illustration, and this is the last part of the teaching today, the story of the two believers who were on their way walking from Jerusalem to the city of Emmaus. And that's the story that's told in Luke chapter 24. The two, as they were walking around, they were in a time of despair because they thought until this weekend, they thought they had their life all planned out, where they're going, what they're doing, what they're, what's going to happen next in their life, what they're going to do with their life. And suddenly, for all they knew, Jesus had died, and that was it. Jesus was gone. They thought, oh, we know we have a Savior, we have a Messiah, and then Jesus died. And their life was turned into chaos and sadness and confusion. And they didn't know now what was going on. There was uncertainty because all they could see with their eyes was the circumstances around them. Very real circumstances. Had Jesus died? Yes. But they didn't know that he had risen from the dead and that he would always be with us, always, never leaving us or forsaking us. So they were walking to Emmaus. And suddenly Jesus appeared and started walking with them, teaching them, talking to them. But the thing is, they didn't realize that it was Jesus until he opened their eyes. And when he opened their eyes, they see, they saw, they, they knew this is, they had a, it is the Lord moment in their life. They knew it was the Lord and their hearts burned within them because they knew the Lord had risen indeed. He was not dead, but he was alive and involved in their life. And if there's one thing I want you to get more than anything else is that your eyes would be open to see not just the circumstances around you, but the greater fact that the Lord is with you and he is a abundantly providing for you and looking out for you and walking beside you. You know, it's like Jacob who, the, he, he woke up and he said, God was in this place and I didn't even know it. I don't want to live my life with God there, but I didn't even know it. I'd rather feel the joy and the assurance of knowing that my God is with me. He's with me every second of every minute of every hour of every day. I am never alone. I am not left to walk this life by myself, but the Lord is working with me. And I want your hearts today to burn within you as you understand, as you get it, as you know, as your eyes are opened to the fact that God is with you. Now I'm going to ask you all, please remain seated just for a few moments.
be sure that you can say you need to do. I want you to have those it's the Lord moments. So remember what it takes. Remember to lift up your eyes and look and you will see. Remember to structure your life to see the Lord. Get up and watch pastor's devotions in the morning. And if you're not available then, you know no matter how it works, you can still watch it later throughout the day. Stay in touch with all these opportunities that you have to get closer to the Lord. Structure your life and pray and spend time with the Lord. Say, Lord, just open my eyes. So I want you to have those kind of moments this week. We're going to ask the campus pastors to come. Before any announcements, just pray over you and then to close the service. <laughs> 